Howdy, y'all. This is Rhett Miller, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcasts. History in five songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Hello once again. Welcome back to another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcast. We're pleased, as always, to be part of this vast and expanding Pantheon Podcast Network. We're available on Spotify, iTunes, Simplecast, and over 40 other podcast platforms. All right, we're up to episode 182 here. I'm calling this Sounds Like Cashmere. And of course, Kashmir is in double quotes because we're talking about the song by Led Zeppelin, Kashmir. Now, there's a lot of ways to uh, copy Led Zeppelin, and I could probably make a five-part series, and uh, maybe I will, uh, you know, based on the different, uh, you know, styles of Led Zeppelin that have been copied out there. But there's specific things about Kashmir with that whole Moroccan, Middle Eastern, Turkish uh, sort of modality, uh, you know, alternate tuning kind of thing that is kind of the most, um, you know, the biggest stamp uh, in terms of what, you know, a way to to copy Led Zeppelin. And it's interesting that you, you, you know, across bands, you can spot where this happens. And there are songs that are basically like, hey, we're, we're going to do our version of Led Zeppelin Cashmere. I mean, what what is it uh, about Cashmere that's so great? I mean, it is, it's a very proggy song. I think it's on the, the one of the greatest albums of all time, Physical Graffiti. It's definitely one of the highest, most highest, Highly regarded songs by the band. It's eight minutes and 37 seconds long. It's on side two of Physical Graffiti after Houses of the Holy and Trampled Underfoot. Um, yeah, it's got mellotrons and strings. And uh, and uh, actually, I want to read you something kind of cool here. Um, Gen X Loves Music uh, kind of wrote up a really nice thing here. She says, um, we have two overlapping time signatures. The drums play standard four beats in a bar, stamp, clap, stamp, clap, with the strongest beat being the first of each group of four. Over the top of that, the strings are playing a rhythm with three beats in a bar, strong, weak, weak. This means that the drums and the strings are playing their strong beats at different times and only unite once every 12 beats. The resulting sound is disjointed and edgy, uncomfortable and menacing as our ears and inner rhythm are not quite sure which strong beat to follow. Yeah, she goes on and and does a really nice job of sort of explaining this song. I personally have done that as well. Um, I actually just got copies in yesterday again of my Led Zeppelin, all the albums, all the songs. Yeah, that's what it's called. Expanded edition, um, beautiful hardcover, full color throughout. But there's a couple pages in there on uh, on Cashmere as well. And I just wanted to read the opening a little bit here. Like an MC Escher staircase, Cashmere, Led Zeppelin's most revered and respected song, ascends, taking with it the four members of the band into an exotic and rarefied Realm, visited by a few others. Um, conversely, at minimum, what we get is an improbably chaperoned excursion to the Himalayas via Morocco, where the spirit of the song uh, was and still is eternally fired, along with the band's trip to India, where these melodies also live as well as this level of orchestration. But indeed, Plant's lyrics were penned mostly in southern Morocco, where Plant wound up holidaying after the end of the 1973 U.S. tour. So there's a little bit of your complication of this thing, but of course it is called Kashmir, right? Um so yeah, it's it's obviously not uh, not strictly a, a Moroccan sort of thing, um, but yeah. So um, 
Yeah, let's get to our first one and we'll discuss the, the various ways uh, bands can sort of copy Zeppelin. I've got some honorable mentions at, at the end, and I'm not sure if I'm going to be sandbagging something kind of really interesting for next episode. And But, you know, I'm almost thinking I might do kind of the folky thing uh, for the next one because I found a lot of that in doing the research here. But anyways, let's, uh, let's play our first selection on this. Take a listen to this. This is Genesis with Squonk. All right, so this is from Trick of the Tail, 1976. This is out exactly a year after Physical Graffiti. So this is February 76. Physical Graffiti came out February of 75. Um, And essentially, uh, well, I'll read you something here. One of the heavier Genesis songs, this is one of Phil Collins' favorites. Squonk was a musical standout, he said on a Trick of the Tail DVD. Uh, That was always our Zeppelin kind of song, kind of a bit of cashmere, a bit of When the Levee Breaks. Uh, when you listen to it, it doesn't sound like that, but that's what it was meant to be with the heavy guitar chords and my John Bonham hat on. So that's kind of interesting. Um, what you definitely hear in this, the chords and all that and, and the places it goes aren't quite the same, but it's kind of cool. It's got, you know, one one word title, same sort of thing, but you definitely, definitely hear that really, really simple beat on this. And Robert Plant was, uh, you know, noted to say that John Bonham did a really good job of uh, restraining himself and not overplaying. So he plays really, really straight uh, because there's a lot going on, right? Um, so he has to be that really dependable frame on this. Uh, but you notice it in in Squonk as well, and even the fills are kind of Bonham-esque in this. And, you know, the chords are not the same, but they're kind of, they kind of have the same spirit, don't they? Um, but I, I like the fact that we've got Genesis here uh, doing kind of a little bit of a tribute to Zeppelin. You don't normally think something like that's going to happen. We're doing all these in um, chronological order as well. Um, so yeah, let's move on to our second selection here. Take a listen to this. This is Robert Plant with Slow Dancer. Okay, so when Robert Plant went solo, he essentially uh, he came out with the the uh, Pictures at Eleven album. You you guys have all heard. I I thought for years and years I would rate. You know anybody would ask, I would say uh, the Principle of Moments, his second album, was my favorite album of all time by anybody. Um, that's how much I love that album. If if you were if you were to ask me to rank these albums, the Plant albums, in with the Zeppelin albums, it would it would be no lower than second uh, after Physical Graffiti. So it'd be before any other Led Zeppelin album. But on this debut album, you know he did a lot of uh, cool things to to show that he was different and it was a little more up tempo it was a little it was a little in through the outdoor wasn't it uh but not this song this song is absolutely um you know just a bald faced um 
cashmere kind of ripoff by Robert, which is not the kind of thing you expect from him because he's always like like this fast moving shark moving forward and doing different things and not wanting to be, you know, not ever wanting to talk about Zeppelin and that. Various drummers, of course, uh, were in these early days of Robert Plant, but this has Cozy Powell on it, um, which kind of makes sense. He's that kind of drummer uh, for this uh, this sort of thing. So that is our second selection. Um, this episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And special offer to History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash five songs. That's better, H-E-L-P.com slash five songs. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. I wanted to add... Uh, that I've gotten a really nice testimonial. I know I mentioned this before from a listener uh, who says, I want to once again give you feedback on your sponsor, BetterHelp. The therapy I have received the last month has been better than any I've encountered over the last 30 years. You have a quality, life-changing sponsor. Very cool. Uh, Good to see that. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. 
and we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, Rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Let's move on to our third selection here, and we shall discuss. This is Bonham with Wait For You. Okay, so this is a great, underrated, um, you know, late period hair metal band. This is uh, Jason Bonham and a bunch of assembled guys. You know, he was trying a bunch of stuff to get get things going. Uh, by the way, if you want to know more about Jason Bonham, uh, I did a whole episode on Jason Bonham. Um, so you can go go hear, you know, a, a whole half hour uh, of my praise for him. I love him as a drummer. Um, really cool guy. Um, but basically... Uh, this song, Wait For You, uh, is very, very uh, Kashmir-esque. Um, so yeah, he's just he's just stepping in it. He's saying, look, I'm going to do this. He's got this, um, this Daniel McMaster on vocals. Sadly, we lost him. Uh, but yeah, this is from the 89 debut, The Disregard of Timekeeping. They followed it up with an album called The Mad Hatter, which is even better. It's a really, really good album. Like They, they do some really interesting production things on here. It's very atmospheric, big drums, um, but lots of Led Zeppelin touchstones. Uh, you know, the other way I could almost do the Zeppelin thing, I, I, I was kind of thinking about it. Is a bit of a flight of fancy, but imagine, imagine taking a Zeppelin album and and arranging a bunch of songs that line up that that mimic the entire album. I don't know if I could possibly do that, but um, you know, you could probably fill in a lot of gaps. But I, I just might do a similar thing to this Cashmere thing with with the folky end of Zeppelin. Uh, that one's really really sounding uh, sounding kind of enticing. Um, but yeah, this is this is very much that way. Uh, I just want to briefly recommend as well uh, the Jason Bonham Band album. Uh, when you see the sun is probably my favorite thing out of out of these three albums of originals. Uh, Jason was part of with this. I don't think there are any others. Um, Jason Bonham Band did a uh, Led Zeppelin tribute album, uh, but then he's in other various bands, and then of course he's drummed for other bands. But that's enough on Jason. Uh, but that's a that's a great. Um, that's a great one for uh, being cashmere-esque, sounds like cashmere. And I just want to mention right now, instead of putting it the honorable mentions, um, right around this time, of course, as well was the uh, Notorious Kingdom Come Band, Lenny Wolf, right? Uh, German, but I don't think the whole band was German. But anyways, um, they had a debut album just called Kingdom Come, and there was a, the, the lead single on there, in fact, was called Get It On. Get It On, right? 1988, and... Um, it was really Kashmir-esque. So it's one I could have put in here as well, but I wanted to talk about some of these other ones. But um, it helped uh, move that album to gold status. Um, and just in case, I, I went and played the second one, which is called In Your Face. Um, and uh, they really already, by that album, start moving away from this uh, this Zeppelin-esque thing. So uh, good band. I mean, I, I, I like that first one, but, it, but they got a lot of stick for it being just a complete Led Zeppelin sort of ripoff. Okay, let's move on to our fourth selection. Take a listen to this. This is White Snake with Judgment Day. From the dark with 
All right, so we've got some white snake here from Slip of the Tongue, November 7th, 1989. So, uh, you know, same year as the Bonham album. Um, so they were calling him David Cover version, right? Because we had Still of the Night before on the on the 1987 album with its whole lot of love kind of break in it. And, uh, you know, some, some sort of some mannerisms from David once in a while that sounded uh, Zeppelin-esque. Obviously, you look at the whole Whitesnake catalog and it's barely, barely ever sounding very Zeppelin-esque. But by slip of the tongue, you know, this is the sort of Jump the Shark album. More personnel hassles. You got the drama with Steve Vai and Adrian uh, Vandenberg here. Um, they're kind of running out of material. They redo another old, uh, old um, earlier uh, Whitesnake song again on this album. Um but Judgment Day is like just a straight sort of Zeppelin rip. Um, and it is, you know, it's like I say, going right for the, uh, you know, the jugular of the thing that people's, you know, ears really prick up and say, oh, that is Zeppelin-esque. So this is a cashmere-esque sort of song from this album. And really nothing else on the album is Zeppelin-esque. I mean, it's just kind of like high tempo, you know, guitar shredder um, sort of and power ballads, uh, you know, uh, hair metal, right? Um, but yeah, this album went, uh, well, what did it go? Um, I, I didn't look up the stats, but I mean, it was a big drop. I think, I think we were going from something like, oh, I want to say eight times platinum down to platinum. I think that's kind of what happened or it might be double platinum. I don't know. Anyways. Um, yeah, this, this just, you know, steps in it a little more with this whole idea of being Zeppelin-esque. And then, of course, um, you know, a few years later, he'd actually get together with Jimmy Page and they'd have that band called Coverdale Page. And, of course, you know, when half the band is, is Page, it's okay to be Zeppelin-esque. And, boy, are they Zeppelin-esque on that album. They're, they're quite Zeppelin-esque. Um, you know, Pride and Joy's got a bunch of different stuff. See, that's even a band that I could probably go to for some of even the, the folky uh, end of things. But, yeah, uh, in, in the research for this, I, I came across a lot of those and I thought, hmm, let's line that up to, with what? You know, Babe, I'm Leaving You, uh, Going to California, those types of songs, right? Tangerine. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll see if I can do that. Um, but okay, let's, uh, let's move on to our fifth selection though. Take a listen to this. This is the Tea Party with Fire in the Head. Okay, love the Tea Party to death, um, but um, they are a band that really wears their influences on their sleeves. Of course, Jeff Martin has a uh, has a Jim Morrison look to him and a Jim Morrison sound to his voice, um, and they really love their Zeppelin. So there's a lot of Zeppelin-esque stuff. Uh, you know, had I gone through the whole catalog, I would venture that we would probably find three or four songs uh, that have a little bit of cashmere to them. And, and I bet if I do this folk thing, I can definitely go back and find some folk. Definitely probably can find some blues as well. Um, but uh, but this song uh, is just a great crunching, hard rocking uh, sort of song with all sorts of great tonalities and interest in it. Um, 
Uh, it's it's their third album, so the yeah, Edges of Twilight, their third album, March twenty first, nineteen ninety five. Um, but this part is is literally like a lift from Cashmere, right? That that we played for you there. Um, so that's it. I've got some honorable mentions as well, though, uh, that I wanted to save some time for. So um, people always bring up Queen Induendo, in, Innuendo, right? Um, so we're talking about the last. I think it's the last song, that the heaviest song on innuendo when they're when they're kind of like trying to make a little bit of correction from the likes of the miracle and uh and magic or what is it called is it just magic um uh so so even the works for that matter so so out of all those 80s albums starting with hot space for sure uh this is this is the queen album that is probably the most respected and uh everybody when they heard in innuendo the song thought cashmere they definitely thought zeppelin with that song um another one that's kind of an interesting one is uh rainbow stargazer um you know it rainbow does a number of things here and there that are zeppelin-esque but this is probably the one that gets the most uh mention and again it's it's a year after uh the zeppelin album came out um Another cool thing about this album, of course, is that every single song is heavy on it. But this is an eight-minute long, so it's the same same length as uh, as Cashmere. Um, and you know, it's it's languid, uh, languished, languid, I suppose, and heavy. Um, it's it's uh, it's got a few things in it that that go to that arabesque uh, sort of feel. Um, and like I say, R- Richie does that anyways. Richie, Richie, frankly, is probably even more of the king of who invented that thing, even more than Jimmy Page. He did it more than Jimmy Page. He did it as much and kind of er- as early as Jimmy Page as well. So you know, it's it's not like it's not like it's a rip really on Zeppelin. It's it's part of what he does as well. Real funny one is um, Gary Moore Lead Clones, uh, where Ozzy actually guests on vocals, but that is. A song, um, you know, disparaging the Led Zeppelin clone. So you definitely get some of that in there. One I kind of had a look at was was a uh, HSAS uh, Hager, Sean Aronson Shreve. Um, you know that live album of originals that they did, uh, just a one off thing. There's a song in there called Valley of the Kings, and then I think there's an intro called Giza um, that that give you a, that gives you a little bit of that. I I think Sammy might even have one or two that that would go that direction as well. Um, you know, and and uh, maybe you guys can help me out here, but um, I actually thought that um, I was racking my brains with this episode, thinking I I could have sworn Saxon or Accept or maybe even both of them have done one of these at one point along there. Um, but I I just for the life of me couldn't find it. But uh, yeah, I, I I suspect there's a few more out there. Um, another one that people have brought up. By the way, Mick Feeling gave me a little help with this as well, as did my buddy Rob Godwin. Um, and uh, I'm going to talk about him in a second. Um, but uh, Queensrÿche, Sign of the Times. Um, is a little bit like that in the in the big slow chords, a little bit of the way that the um, the vocal slinks along, uh, slinks around on top of it. So that one it was considered, you know, Queensrÿche were were kind of talked about as as trying trying to be a little grungy, and if they were, it was a little Soundgarden-y. But you know, they're definitely being a little Zeppelin-y on that song. Um, a few other ones you can check out are Coheed and Cambria, Welcome Home, A Perfect Circle, Imagine. Uh, Dio Rock and Roll, Muse, Supremacy. 
Um, here's one people brought up that I, I kind of agree with a little bit. Deep Purple, Perfect Strangers. It's got just a little, it's got a little bit of that Egypto thing applied to it, but even Ian Gillen kind of participates a little. So it's a little bit in there. Uh, Europe has a song called Walk the Earth. Badlands, Seasons, um, Michael White, Psychometry. Yeah, Rob mentioned um, Michael White. Now, Michael White, um, I believe he is Canadian. I think he's from Toronto here, but he had a band called The White, but he was like a, Ze- a Led Zeppelin cover band guy. And then he put out this album of originals and it came out on Atlantic and it was it was considered very, very Zeppelin colony kind of thing. Um, and um, I think Rob even said uh, that uh, Amit Erdogan, uh, Erdogan heard, the, heard the album down the hall and thought it was the new Robert Plant solo album. But, you know, it came and went kind of fast. It, it, uh, it wasn't much of a hit, but he did a lot of kind of Zeppelin things. And then he did another album on Rob's label, Griffin, I think in 1992, uh, where there's some other things as well. And Rob actually mentioned this one, and I went and played, and it's kind of cool. Um, the Mission, Tower of Strength. Now, that's an album that John Paul Jones actually produced. Uh, and so that one's got a little bit of the cashmere thing going. And then uh, a couple other buddies suggested, um, you know, checking out. I'm part of this email group, so I, I think it might have been Hugh Gilmore, maybe David Ted's. Um, but um, someone someone said, go check out Detective Grim Reaper. And I checked out a bunch of the detective stuff because Detective, as we know, was a... Um, was kind of like a Swan Song minor supergroup. By the way, I have a whole episode on Swan Song Records too. You can go listen to that one. Uh, in fact, I have a whole episode on Led, the Led Zeppelin family. So bands that sound like Led Zeppelin. So we're we're you know some of that is going to be in there. Some of this is going to be in that episode too. But the funny thing is, as I checked out Detective, and there's a, this Grim Reaper song. It's not it's not nearly strong enough to mention as as a cashmere sort of rip, um, but the funny thing is it's got a little bit of cashmere and Led Zeppelin Wanton song in it uh, as well. So uh, so there you go. Um, you know I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off um, on another. I may I may even have another actual just Led Zeppelin song that I can do an episode on. Actually, you know what? I'm let's do this. I'm I'm actually gonna mention these um, because um, let's see. Did I uh, did I leave it handy here i didn't leave it handy here okay so i'm, I'm gonna forget that i'm i may do one on another actual just led zeppelin song or i may do the folk thing next time but uh i wanted to mention a few others i don't think i i um i had time for this last time when we did the last two episodes which were worst album titles and best album titles mick Phelan had a couple of ideas that to put in it and even sort of categories that i thought were kind of cool and i don't think i mentioned these um you know uh, for for a category like a literary illusion piper at the gates of dawn um he said clever yet disgusting use of alliteration butchered at birth um numbers titles um so you know a category like hey we could do titles that are you know the cure for 417 dream and uh but you know he mentioned 90125 by yes um you know yes album titles really are not that good i i think relayer is probably one of the best uh, album t- album titles they do but it's it's a little bit like a judas priest title right with all the er at the end um this funny one the seemingly throwaway malapropism that becomes legendary disraeli gears so that's got a whole story about it how it's kind of like just this botched word sort of thing and then it it, it takes over and that that kind of goes to our thing when i talked about the police and the cars right um you know something that takes over because of the legend that it is um being poetic without stealing from a poet, uh, Mick says. Del- uh, delicate sound of thunder, Pink Floyd. Ah, 
I don't think it's a great a title. Um, and then, you know, he, he wasn't, uh, I guess he's kind of unaware of this, but Metallica Ride the Lightning, I, you know, I think that's always been known to be, you know, before Metallica did it, but it it is sort of a colloquialism for being electrocuted, right? Hence the electric chair on there. But it is a spiffy title. It's definitely a really cool title. Uh, when, I, when I would sign copies of my Metallica book, I would, t- I would sign them Read the Lightning, right? Um, let's see uh the album title that features a made-up word a word that doesn't exist in the english language laughable or triumphantly brilliant uh and he had as an example slayer repentless uh so that's pretty funny uh creating a symbol that can evermore define the band zoomorphic and pastoral penguin fleetwood mac and black rose thin lizzie i don't think those really define but you could probably find some cool ones that are along that line it's kind of a neat idea um and creating one's own rich majestic fantastical world he had yes, uh, tales from topographic oceans, kind of interesting. Uh, so simple, it's not dumb, it's brilliant. Dead obituary, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, so there you go. There's some honorable mentions for you, and there were a lot of good ones on the Facebook page. It was pretty cool. So, so this whole idea, of, you know, and titles into categories and things as well. Um, who was he saying? Uh, somebody mentioned. Uh, Oh, yeah, that's right. Skyclad. That's what it was. So I had a whole category in there on puns. Um, and then we were talking about, you know, how good ug- Ugly Kid Joe is at that. Well, Skyclad had a ton of those. They're just bad puns. So they're actually not very good titles, uh, most of them. But yeah, that was uh, that was uh, Martin Walker's uh, kind of kind of cool thing that he did all the time. Uh, so there you go. If you like this show and want to support future episodes, please go to Kofi rhymes with no dot com uh, slash Martin Popoff. Hit that red support button and buy me a coffee or a pie. Uh, on that front this week, I would like to thank Joe Beck to Bel Air Expediting, Andy at Black Sugar Transmission, David Fisher, Darren Kasaboski, Peter Kerr, uh, Edward McDonough, um, very generous, Ed, take a break, uh, Monty Olson, uh, Augustin Garcia de Paredes, Steve Polari, Brian Sager, Eddie Salinger, Stephen Samchuk, Ralph Spurrer, and John Stuckey. Thank you all very much for your support and for listening to this episode. Boy, I saw some people recently on the Facebook saying, I finally listened to every single episode. Um, so yeah, like new people I didn't even know were listening. So that's crazy. Listen to 180 episodes. Wow. Um, and yeah, of course, uh, you can go to my website for... Um, any of the books that are in print, like I say, I just got the Led Zeppelin one in again, so I've got uh, 20 copies of that, that left, and uh, I got a I got a batch of stuff in from Weimar. I had run out of the the Rainbow. What else do I have in there? Uh, the UFOs I got back in stock, and tomorrow I'm picking up copies again. I uh, got to drive over and pick those up in Burlington at my buddy Rob Godwin's, uh, who you know who I mentioned in this episode. Of course, he's my publisher of those collectors guides before, but I'm picking up a few of those that ran out. You know, I did the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and uh, picking up copies. Uh, boy, I keep selling that Southern Rock record review book, which I just called Southern Rock Review. But I ran out of that, and I've got some outstanding orders, so I'm picking uh, those up tomorrow as well uh so there you go let me know uh over on the facebook if you know of any other songs that sound like cashmere and uh you're you know for your homework uh go go listen to go listen to uh get it on by uh kingdom come pretty funny it wasn't one we picked here but it totally could have uh fit as well um until next time uh yeah go listen to some zap Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at The RNRAP. 
We are on Instagram at R&R Archaeology. Tweet us at R&R Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 